What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 60, featuring my guest today, Zach Black, from the band Souls Extolled. They are a proto-metal ska-punk band from Austin, Texas, which I can safely say is not a normal genre. They definitely got their own sound going on, which is pretty cool. Zach is also originally from Hawaii on Oahu, which is where he was calling in from for this interview. So we talked about that, as well as uh, Zach's ethos for the band and some of his uh, spiritual ideas, you could say, behind it. Let's just say Zach is a a big fan of human free will, basically. But uh, anyway, more on that in the interview. The band songs Allegiant Swine and Seraphic War are featured on this episode, which you'll be hearing momentarily if you're into it and you want to find... Souls Extolled on Spotify or anywhere else. The links are attached in the episode description. As always, feel free to follow or subscribe to the band or the podcast if you feel so inclined. It always helps us out. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting local music, whether you're friends or fans of the band. We all appreciate it. Hopefully this episode finds you well. Uh, if you're listening to this and you have new music coming out personally, feel free to hit me up. There's always a chance we can do an episode somewhere down the road. Uh, lastly, the t-shirts for the podcast are available. You can message the Facebook or Instagram page if you want to find out more on that. But anyway, yeah, hopefully everyone out there staying safe, sane, all that stuff. Spring's finally here in uh, Maryland, so you can probably hear the, uh, the birds chirping a little bit in the background. But uh, yeah, without further ado, souls extolled. What's up? I'm Brett. Nice to meet you. You're, uh, hey, man. Zach. How you doing? So, I gotta say, I'm definitely jealous, man. Like, I guess you're on Oahu right now? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're in Honolulu. Uh, I'm here with my buddies. Uh, one of them from the DMV. Al here. What up? And Chris is yeah. from Hawaii here. And oh, yeah. uh, we grew up like uh, three or four miles from here, down in Idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just had a little night out on the town, man. That's what's up. Yeah, my uh, my dad grew up in Kailua, actually. So, um, I've been there like once or twice. But Oh, right on, dude. Yeah. So, That's what's little, up. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful place, dude. So, it's got to be cool. He knows what it's all about. Yeah, we were, we're definitely Hollies, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, you, you can't you know. change being a Holly, but you can always be a cool Holly, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think so. As long as you got the uh, the Pacalolo, right? Right here, sir. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
Sweet. Well, yeah, I was uh, I was checking out you guys' stuff today. It's uh, it's pretty rad. Like I don't quite know how to describe the sound, but you're onto something. It's got like a little bit of like doomy, sludgy, almost like seventies kind of Sabbath stuff in there. But then you obviously got like a little bit more of the ska island sounds in there too. So I don't, I can't yeah. say that I've heard like anything too similar before, which is cool. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for checking it out. And also thank yeah. you for having me on the podcast. We always yeah, really appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk about our music because uh, we probably think about it too much. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, some bands yeah. that really just pump and shit out for us. Like we're, you know, on every level, like on the lyrics and guitar parts for me, you know, I'm refining yeah. those guitar parts sometimes over years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and the lyrics is like, you know, we're always trying to write concept records where everything kind of has an overall theme and it all kind of ties together in a yeah. sense. So, very excited to be here. Um, I have a hard time describing it as well, man. Um, and that's been a, lo- a big part of the journey, uh, yeah. I think, is just figuring out, you know, what our sound is. I'm going to open a bottle of rosé while, oh, yeah, while we're talking. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, so, um, so yeah, man. So basically, the way that the idea started was with the song "Follow the Ghost" that's on the first record. And at yeah. the time, I've always been a rocker, uh, but I had been listening to a lot of hip hop, and I had heard guys who I believed were like genre smashing really well. Like Modest Yahoo would be a great example of somebody yeah. that I saw live a few times, and he was playing with a rock band. The rock band yeah. would have hard parts where they were rocking out. And then they'd have reggae breakdowns, and then he would sing and rap and howl, and you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, okay. And so it was kind of inspired by that sort of thing. Um, and then another thing similar to Modest Yahoo is I wanted the music to express my spirituality. You know what I mean? Yeah. And being that I wasn't exactly sure what that was, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? That, 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 that was kind of difficult. But essentially, Soul of the Ghost, I think, is a good example of you know, because it's where we started of what what the project was based from. Um, and Follow the Ghost was basically, the I, I thought of the idea of, I basically tripped on a bunch of acid in the desert. And it gave me the idea, like, what if Moses was, when he saw the burning bush and shit, was, like, hallucinating. And I was like, well, yeah. not hallucinating, but he was in the desert. What if he just was seeing like ghosts or like spirits of some other kind or aliens like all these all these other possibilities so i went through all these possibilities and for some reason the idea of ghosts just like the spookiness of it and stuff with the guitar part i had kind of caught on in my head like follow the ghost you know what i mean and really what what that ended up meaning i think years down the road now that ended up meaning for me basically be spiritual you know what i'm saying essentially follow the ghost follow those strange feelings (laughs) <laughs> I guess you could call them. Yeah. Um, in terms of genre, Fall the Ghost basically has the bam bam cha, bam bam I mean, so it's basically mostly a rock song, but yeah. it has very slight reggae touches on it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The second verse yeah. drops into it like a skank when it switches to a new chord, and then the ending double times dun 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 and it basically has a really fast rap. Flows all around the yeah. wind whisper and you're in the song of the ancient word. It's rough somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's how it started, man. You know what I mean? And I think our first record 
we basically went across all the genres that we were gonna blend more so on the second record. We were trying to blend yeah. them on the first record, but it was just our first thing. So I feel like every song on the first record is almost pinpointable into like one genre. Some of them are two. Like Fall of the Ghost is still basically a rock song. You could call it rock reggae, but it yeah. wouldn't go on a playlist with any other rock reggae because of like the darkness of it and the theme. Musically yeah. it kind of is, but you know what I mean? So it's basically rock. The next song on that track's rock. Um... We have Garden of Eden on there, which definitely emphasizes the ska punk side, which is that fast skank. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and then a few songs on there that really bring out our indie side, which is kind of Modest Mouse-esque. You know what I mean? And yeah. so the third record, I feel that we blended those three genres better, or whatever you want to call them, better in each individual song, um, which hopefully we'll continue to do. But essentially, that's what I think our sound is. I think it's a mixture of, you could call it hard rock, um, yeah. indie rock in the sense of like the weird tone of like Modest Mouse, you know what I mean? It's like kind of emo boy weirdness. Yeah. And then, um, and then uh, finally Scott Punk, which I took a long time to figure out who to bring up to kind of exemplify that. But now I know, like, I usually say Rancid because Rancid's probably my favorite Scott Punk band. Oh so. yeah, they're, Rancid's amazing, for sure. Uh, um, oh, you're a Rancid fan? Oh, yeah. Uh, but, um, so, like, I guess you relocated to Austin is kind of what happened from Hawaii. Uh, yeah, so or... essentially, I just went to, I graduated from high school here, and I went to Austin to go to the University of Texas. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 And, then, and uh, so I went to UT and graduated there, uh, and I played in a few different bands and stuff. And mm. essentially, kind of the relevant to your podcast, I got involved with a small business that I ended up owning a part of. It's a locksmith nice. company. Um, and then I also eventually found my home with Souls Extol musically. So between those two yeah. things, I'm a lo I'm locked down to Austin at least for now. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a great. Uh, place to oscillate between sort of those two worlds of Hawaii and Austin. I mean, that's just you got two different things going on, but there's a million great bands in Austin, and then Hawaii is just Hawaii, so it's beautiful. Um, yeah, so yeah. I feel like you it seems like my a, friends here are doing music, like they definitely have stuff going on, but yeah. I, especially for people who are making somewhat outdated music like ourselves, yeah. uh, there's like, you no, know, for a rock and roll scene, I'm not sure if there's yeah. anything better than. Austin, besides maybe New York or LA, I don't know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I got the friends people down. love electric guitars down in Texas, and <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I got some friends down there, so I try to get down there at least a couple of times a year. Um, it looked like you guys were probably friends with like Autic Empire, or at least yeah, man, that's them. actually how um, I found out about your that's how I found out about your show. Yeah. Um, and yet I love those guys, man. Uh, we we're, we yeah. are friends, but I would say more so. I kind of look up to them a little bit. You know what I mean? They're yeah. they're older than me, uh, most of them, uh, except for Travis. And they uh, and they've been doing it for a lot longer, man. And they've really oh, yeah. uh, they've really had some uh, some great success that I'm really uh, really proud of them for. Uh, yeah. not, not only getting around the country and playing their music, but building an awesome community yeah. around their music. I, you know, a few times in my life, I'll say around a group of people that I felt, you know, at home, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Or that I was like, you know, they, I think they make everybody feel that way at their after parties and stuff like that. So they're, yeah. they're, they're great guys, man. I can't say enough good things about them. Yeah, they've been taking off a little bit lately, too, so it's good to see, you know, because they've been at it like 10 years, and I feel like their last couple songs have really been blasting for them, which is good to see. And then, like, what's even cooler, I feel like, is, like, this reggae rock thing. Like, it's really big, believe it or not, here in Maryland, because, like, the big bands around here, I call them big bands, they're big in my world, but, like, uh, Alley Who and uh, Bumpin' Uglies. Um, Well, I didn't know they were from there, dude. Yeah, so they are all... Those are big bands, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how, how big is big or whatever, giggity, but... Like, Bigger than us, brother. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so they're all from around here, and so there's like this kind of blossoming reggae rock scene around, and I, through them and through some other people, it's kind of, you know, eventually you start following everybody from around the country, and... uh you know, everybody basically who plays reggae rise up and, and stuff like that. So I do appreciate you coming on because you guys are obviously right up in that world or, you know, kind of getting there. Yeah, man. So it's really cool how those scenes develop. Uh, I didn't, I never, I never do those bands are from DMV, but, uh, yeah. So can I ask you, uh, how did you get into, uh, to doing this? And are you, are you a musician as well? Yeah. I might've accidentally sent you a music video that I did, but, uh, Oh, uh, I don't think, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I, yeah, I have to look. I'd love to yeah, see it, though. I can send you one. Uh, I just play in, like, a kind of 90s-sounding rock band, so I write songs, and I'm really more of a guitar player. Like, I always kind of joke that I uh, I write songs just so I have something to, like, solo over, but, and it's hard to find a singer, of course, as you might know. Yeah, that's tough, so, man. Yeah, that it yeah. took me, I went through the exact same thing. Cause I like to write yeah. songs, but was not much of a singer yeah. and you know, years and years of like backup singing and singing on my own before mm. a couple people just gave me the confidence. Like, Hey man, you should just sing your own songs. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And I was like, I can't do it. They're like, dude, it's fine, man. Like you're not an amazing singer, but you can pull it off. You know what I mean? Just practice. Yeah. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> yeah. you guys should hit this for the day, man. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know how it goes. So how did eventually. you get to do with the podcast, man? Uh, well, you know, obviously with the shutdown uh, last spring, one much shows going on, and I was like, well, I got to do something. So I figured yeah. I'm a halfway decent talker. I feel like most of the time, if I'm not, you know, too fucked up or something. So uh, <laughs> I, I figured I'm always I could... a little nervous that I'm going to say something <laughs> stupid because I'm really good at that. I'm probably even better at saying stupid shit than I am at, at guitar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no worries. I can always send you this episode, you know, edit it up. No, but, uh, it's okay, man. I'm sure it'll like, be fine. I'm just uh, playing around. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man. So, uh, 90s sound and rock band. That sounds cool. That's, that's like, you know, sounds, just, sounds like I we could play together. Oh, hell yeah, man. Um, and I mean, I grew up on the metal and grew up in the punk scene and and all that stuff too so i don't know I, at the end of the day i'm just kind of trying to support my friends bands because i kind of realized how easy this is to do in a, in a certain sense i mean just video chat people and uh start yeah. making friends and start getting Absolutely. people's music out there because like i know so many good bands that you know basically will never be famous or popular but it's like it doesn't mean that their music's not good you know so i'm just trying to yeah 
help out people, uh, you know, a little bit. My goal for the moment is famous. My, I want to be almost famous. Exactly. <laughs> you got to have that uh, little bit of anonymity. But, um, but yeah, it's been fun. Because, like, you know how it is playing with bands and playing with people. Sometimes you don't actually get the chance to, like, actually talk to them, even if you play the same show. Like, you might be kind of busy or preoccupied with whatever it may be. So, this has been cool. I've said that a lot, man. Um, you know, I, it was even my, when I was trying to form my first band in Austin, I knew a lot of musicians, and a lot of people said they were down to jam, but actually mm. getting people to jam at the same time and stuff, I wasn't having a lot of luck. And yeah. then I met, essentially, I met an awesome guy who I should shout out to, Gregory Machine. He goes yeah. by his last name and he's a rapper in Austin. He basically found me at an open mic, man, and like, just sort of took me under his wing and gave me some gigs. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was like, I got these gigs, I think you're really good, you can have these gigs, you know, if you want to play them, and I was like, fucking hey. Once I had yeah. those gigs and I asked the same musicians, like, hey man, like, not just, yeah. not just before, like, do you want to jam and perhaps yeah. move, progress towards being a band, uh, I was like, hey, man, I have a show on this day, this day, and this day. Would you be down to come and do three practices on this day, this yeah. day, and this day? And then, but, you know what I mean? So I was, yeah. But going towards what you're saying, I've always felt like in Austin, every, almost everyone who plays music is doing it, you could say, like, semi-professionally or whatever. Yeah, And they're putting so much energy into that that sometimes, you know, it almost seems kind of rare that you'll just jam. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. That you'll yeah. just, like, you know what I mean? Um, there's a lot of yeah. guitar players that I vibe with there that I would love to just sit down and jam with. But working out the timing in our busy lives, and especially when we're putting yeah. so much energy into our own musical projects, it, it doesn't happen as often as, as I would like. <laughs> yeah, no. It's really just like the whole, if you build it, they will come sort of thing. Just book a show, just like you're saying. Book a date, book a venue. And then people will start to go like, oh, okay, you're actually doing something. Like, all right, maybe we can get something going on, but especially as exactly, you man. And that that was what I did. Like the last, um, you know, I can feel a little bit of progress for us that we're just getting invited to to shows now. Well, you know, yeah. the last couple at least, um, just because especially with the market being so competitive with COVID mm -hmm. just reopening. Um, but but before that, man, you know, when I started the band, I just leveraged all the connections that I had from the previous bands I'd been in to just put yeah. us in some venues and get us in front of some people. And, you know, I paid for professional photo and video to come out to, like, all of the first gigs and everything. Yeah. Um, just to start putting it together so that, you know, I knew, but, like, so that by this point, I hope that I accomplished it, that when people look at, like, our social media and stuff, we look yeah. legitimate. You know what I'm saying? Even though we've only been yeah. a band for a couple of years, it's a good, good uh, profile of, videos and tons of shows and tons of pictures yeah. and being on podcasts and being in, in press articles and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, so that hopefully we can get greater and greater opportunities. Kind of like building your resume, I guess you could say. And once, once again, man, I got a lot of love for the DMV. My buddy Al here, we went to middle yeah. school in Springfield together because I moved over there and then, and then yeah. basically for like three or four years and then moved back. Uh, so I got a lot of love for that area, man, and I'd love, I'd love for some people up there to, to hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, this will hopefully help spread the word just a little bit, you know. Every little bit counts, I feel like. And, uh, they might need but, a little bit of satanic Scott Punk in their lives, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah, dude. Um, and, you know, the other fun part, I guess, about the, like, podcast thing is, like, because I'm meeting so many people and all that, like, there's definitely the idea of kicking out, turning it into, like, just a music festival, 
in the DMV probably, you know, next year or something. Hell like yeah. Because it's just like. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I know. Like, it'll be pretty exciting if it uh, can come to fruition. Like, right now, I'm That'll just That'll be incredible, do- man. Yeah. I, I, I regret that I haven't been there as an adult enough and gone into D.C. more. I've done it only a couple times, spent a few days down yeah. there. But it just seems like there's so much good music and culture there, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, especially, like, I guess nowadays, like, D.C. is kind of, I don't know, it's a little more hoity-toity, I guess, where, like, Baltimore is a little bit grittier, obviously. And so, like, there's... Oh, yeah, you said you're halfway to Baltimore, Yeah. Yeah, so I kind of go between both, and as far as music goes, especially as far as like rock music goes, or metal, or punk, or anything like that, it's always kind of been more in Baltimore than oh, in good DC. to know, man. So like, if you're trying yeah. to book, if you do tour out here, you know, I'd, I'd bark up those venues first because uh, yeah, it's getting... I'll hit you up to get some to get some venue names, man. Um, okay. Yeah, Baltimore. I remember I was there like right when they rebuilt the Orioles Park. And I've been told that that entire area around the Orioles Park they made pretty dope with like bars and restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then there's still like some old cool, old school like punk metal clubs like the Auto Bar that are still around. So um, if you guys can get in there, you'll fit right in. If you're out yeah. touring, so. Yeah, I heard uh, the punk scene up in the Northeast is killer. Yeah, exactly. So, I always joke and I say it's because, uh, you know, the East Coast or the Beast Coast, it, uh, it makes you a little mean because you're, uh, <laughs> you're kind of cold. My boys are talking about that. They're like, Nova, all we do is roast each other. That's how you yeah. show love. You just roast everybody all the time. <laughs> well, I just joke. Yeah, I joke. I'm, a, I'm a fan of the East Coast, man, which might be surprising being like a Hawaii tech yeah. school, you know. But in terms of hip-hop, you know, the classic hip-hop debate, like, yeah. Almost all my favorite rappers are from Brooklyn, you know, and New England. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Mortal Technique, man. <laughs> I don't know why that one jumps Mortal to mind. Mortal Technique? Yeah. I think my favorite rapper is probably Nas, you yeah. know? Yeah. Especially if you've ever listened to Distant Relatives. It's Nas and Damian Marley made a full record together. It's, hmm. it's, uh, awesome. it's epic. Super epic genre yeah. smash, you know? I, I guess that one escaped my radar a little bit, but I'll... I'll pull it up on Spotify here. It's kind of low-key, man. I, I, yeah, I've, yeah, I've showed it to a lot of people. But especially, have you already listened to some Damian Marley, like Welcome to Jamrock and stuff? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I used to blast that yeah. one. So it's more on that side, just with nods infused into it. <laughs> so you can yeah. understand uh, some yeah. of the verses. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, again, I, uh, I just got to say I'm jealous just looking at that weather. Uh, it's, it's like I can almost feel the saltwater breeze. Just looking at this video, like that's here. Hold that steady for a second. I'm just gonna screenshot. All right, oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll throw that up on the uh, on the gram or whatever. But uh, yeah, man. Like so. Um, how could I could I tell you a little bit about the uh, the themes of the record? Oh, go ahead. I I had a couple questions for sure because like even looking at yeah no shoot like, let's start with that. Because, like, even just looking at the song titles, I actually thought you guys were just outright metal. I was like, huh. Like, I, I knew. That, like, I knew that you were, like, maybe ska, punk, reggae a little bit. But then I was looking at the song titles, and I was like, shit. This looks like some black metal or something. But, um, really, I got to ask probably about uh, the Garden of Eden, man. Like, kind of the story behind the song and also the video. Because you guys 
did a great job with that. Um, Thank you so much, man. Got a shout out to our buddy in Austin, CJ Bills, yeah. who is the jack of all trades. <laughs> just does all yeah. kinds of awesome shit. And mm-hmm. music video is one of the things he does, and and he's the reason for for that. But uh, so Garden of Eden, um, I wanted to write something. I guess I was trying to write kind of like a reggae rock song. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least for for what I started with for that song, and. I have always had an affection for those chords, the D minor and G, which is the same mm-hmm. chords as Pink Floyd's We Don't Need No yeah. Education. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I remember being in my living room and I just started skanking it and I skanked it fast and I skanked it slow. And then I just fucking <laughs> found a tempo that I liked. It. Yeah. And I was like on this theme of these sort of biblical, uh, I guess, metaphors, but kind of turning them on their head, I guess, yeah. as the same as the fall of the ghost. And I just wrote the the chorus. Like, pretty yeah. much just popped out of me, which is how it usually goes. And I just sat right on a piece of paper, fuck it all, fuck it all. I can feel yeah. it coming on. I'm the one with the hole in my soul for you to fall. Break the law, yeah. break your vows, break the shit that you're about, break this motherfucker down instead of just running your mouth. You know what I mean? And I wrote it down, and I looked at it, and I was like, I don't know if my band members are going to be all right with this. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I was like, fuck yeah. it. I'm just going to write the song. So I just kept going, man. And then I so I got to the stopping point of the chorus where I was just like, went, bum, bum, bum. And I was like, okay, I just need, a, I need another lick. And like, what's going to be the verse lick? And I just, for some reason... Uh, just imagine, you know, my bass player is a fucking madman, incredible bass player, J.P. Ortiz. And I was like, I should just let, you know, the bass and drums do the work and just do a bandit, 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 which is, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and basically, man, the idea of Garden of Eden just came into my head because the chorus seemed like a, essentially a celebration of evil, I guess you could call it. And I was like, you know... How did we, how did we get there? Let's keep writing the metaphors. So it's like, what is the song? It's essentially a celebration of our free will, which Garden of Eden, by most uh, Abrahamic religious perspectives, they'll agree that in some sense or another, that's where we got our free will. And while some might look at that as a bad thing, I look at it as as a great thing because I love the fact that we know good and evil and fucking wear clothes and whatever you think the results of that are that make us human. So then I just wrote the verses, man, like a story of each individual person finding the Garden of Eden. But the Garden of Eden is just a fucking badass party, basically. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, so in the night, tempted into evil by a snake in the Garden of Life, crawling into creation, slithering that tongue into your mind. In a dream, (laughs) I have all the answers. So it seems the object of my desire. Uh... Yeah, so basically, uh, uh, I guess, uh, imagine the whole world's unexplored. I think I can resist it, but can my bride? And then it speeds up, you know what I mean? Uh, and then that final lick just came around in the room at some point, between Jam and those songs at some point, I just found that. And then, you know, it sh- and we get into the studio and we tracked it out. And I had said that I wanted synth on the whole record. And both records basically have synth on every song, but they're usually supposed to be 
extremely subtle, where, where uh, we could have a keyboard player come and play them, and it makes the record sound fuller and stuff, right? But where I, I used to say, I don't want you to miss it. If we, could, if we play the songs live, I don't want you to be like, oh, well, what happened to that part? You know what I'm saying? Garden of Eden was an exception to that rule because I was like, dude, I'm just feeling like a psychedelic infusion in there. I want that Pink Floyd uh, synth that goes, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Garden of Eden has that on there, which adds a super psychedelic vibe layered over whatever else is going on there. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I love that song. It's one of my favorite ones to play. I think it really represents what we're about, which is just what, what we believe rock and roll is about, which is just, like, fucking yeah. leave all your bullshit behind and rock the fuck out and have an awesome life. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Celebrate the fact that we're fucking here. You know what I mean? And, um, and I think that we accomplished a pretty good genre smash with that one. <laughs> you know? The music yeah. video was fun too. Painting all the girls different colors and dancing yeah, around awesome. with them in the woods and shit. No complaints. <laughs> no complaints. <laughs> it was a it was a rough day at the office for you, huh? <laughs> it was great, man. The things uh, that you know, it was a lot of work, but you know, you love something when you love the process. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Music video days are great. Um, but then, yeah, like. I don't know, like, it's cool the way your songs kind of take a turn, like, an unexpected turn, like, there's definitely that dark and light contrast in a lot of the songs where you're, like, you think it's kind of going a heavy direction, and it kind of mellows out into, like, a little ska groove, and kind of goes back and forth, so I like that just in general, I, I don't feel like I hear a ton of bands doing stuff like that, so that's cool, and then, um, basically, I feel like Allegiant Swine was just ridiculously catchy, so I was kind of curious how that one came about. Like, yeah, man, I, uh, uh, it's uh, so Allegiant Swine. We had five songs for this Seraphic War EP, and yeah. maybe a few days before, man, we wrote Allegiant Swine like at once. JP yeah. started playing the bass line. I started fucking around on the guitar. We, I started to, hey, play that again, play that again, and just type the lyrics out on my phone. The whole song yeah. was written in maybe 10 minutes. And yeah. that just came from an emotional place, man, you know? Yeah. Um, I've always been nervous to talk about these things because I feel like I sound like I'm being corny and I sound like a bitch. But, uh, you know, um, the summer, everything got really fucking hot, man. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I guess starting off, man, I've already had, you know, and not not because I'm in any way victimized or anything, because of my own stupid actions, but nevertheless, yeah. a lot of bad experiences with the police. You know what I mean? Mm. And seeing and seeing my friends have a lot of bad experiences with the police. And, yeah. you know, when everyone went out there in the summer, one of the guys who doesn't get as much press who got killed, Mike Ramos, you know, he, he's a Hispanic dude like me and yeah. all my boys over there, my whole band, you know. And, yeah. and you know, and he got killed, you know, a mile from where, from where we live in South Austin, oh. you know. Oh, wow. And he was out at his own apartment complex. You know, it was, it was just bullshit, bro. I'm sure, you yeah. know, you know. And um, and so, man, we just knew a lot of our friends were down there, and we didn't want to get particularly involved, man, because we didn't really know how. You know what I mean? We're not fucking guppies, right? We, we, the idea for us of, like, peaceful protest, you know, it's just, we're like, you know what I'm saying? You know, we went down there the first day, and we just went down there with... Uh, 
a bunch of water and stuff in our car, but we had a bunch of guns in the car. We, we weren't going to like advertising it, but that's, you know, you know, that's, it's we. It's hard for us to think of things other than if they're going to start shooting at us. What are we going to do? We at least want to have the fucking decision. And we're we're fucking idiots, man, because we didn't know shit. And and I should actually speak for me and JP because Joe was out there in the protest the whole time from the beginning. And for us, when we we actually met up with them at a point where you could see the highway in Austin, I thirty five, man, and we just yeah. saw when uh, the police came to clear off the highway because people were on the highway. You know, they were just fucking people up, bro. You get what I'm saying? They were just fucking people up, and it was like, you know, they're shooting rubber bullets and 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 tear gas and all these things, and like, we're seeing young women. You know, I would say little girls, but yeah. I just mean in stature, small girls out there getting their asses beat by the cops and shit, man. Yeah. And at a certain point, we're just like, all right, we were, you know, we're gonna park the fucking car and and get our asses out there because at the very least, man, like if if all this, if the only thing that this is gonna do is make a statement because we're going to protest and they're going to show their colors. If someone's going to get their asses beat, it should be us. You know, we're young men. You get what I mean? And we yeah. got to get the fuck out there. So we, we did, man, and we just were in the fucking thick of it. And, you know, it just, uh, you know, when, when they're shooting fucking rubber bullets and all that stuff, I mean, this is at points when everyone's getting down on their knees and hands up saying, like, don't shoot and shit. And they're coming through and clearing these places out, bro. And they're shooting yeah. rubber bullets at you. And we we knew it probably wasn't live ammunition, you know what I mean? But when they're sh when they're for me, I haven't heard I don't think any guns without headgear. And they're like ten feet away from me, and I'm seeing the muzzle flash, and people around me are getting fucked up, and like there's yeah. blood and people falling. It's just crazy, man. And yeah. even more so than my own experience, it was just fucking sad, man. You know what I mean? Right there at the at the heart of where so many beautiful things happen at six and thirty five, where we got you know. We're south by southwest, and every weekend it'll be flooded with yeah. generally pretty good stuff just to see, like, war, basically, yeah. as far as I would say, in in the street, you know what I mean? And it just fucking, um, I just couldn't, you know, it just, I just wanted, I had needed to express something because I just felt like, you know, my parents are conservative, you know what I mean? And I knew, like, they were watching the news and, and getting bullshit that wasn't true that we're all out there rioting and looting and stuff and I just knew that if they could see what I saw you know what I mean yeah. I feel like most people if they could see what I saw it would just be clear dude you know what I mean good guys and yeah. bad guys you know what I'm saying and uh, and I just it, so the song just came right the fuck out man you get what I mean yeah. it just it's uh, the verses I'm basically doing a sort of abstract uh type of deal where I'm talking about my bad experiences with the police. Like it starts off with a bar fight, which is how one of the times I got arrested, it happened. You know, it's like we're on our way out. Oh, he's yeah. fucking mad at what you said. He wants to fuck you up. He wants to fight you, smash your head. Oh yeah, we're talking. No, we're going to bust him in the mouth. Uh, first blood is drawn and I can hear the sirens now. You know what I mean? And so it just goes through yeah. those experiences. And then the chorus was just I came up with the guitar like bum 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 and uh the chorus just came right out man just exactly I feel like very clearly how I feel you know about people who are skeptical of what we're talking about is just that you know people will say that things get better telling us what we take for granted people will say that things are better not going to wait no we're going to change it you know what I'm saying because that's kind of the argument for people who are more passive. They're like, 
things are getting better. Things are better than they were before and stuff like that. And they might be right, man. I just don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, we're yeah. getting, we're becoming, we're becoming young men. You know, we're become, we're gonna be the men who are running shit. Not too long from now, our dads are gonna go away. You know what I mean? And we gotta start yeah. giving a shit. Man. Otherwise, things are gonna slip and get worse. You know what I mean? We gotta not only maintain but try to make things better. You know? And so, I mean, just a part-time rock star's point of view <laughs> on the matter. Yeah. You know? But that's a Legion Swan. Yeah, man. I mean, it's a deceptively catchy song because, you know, being that the subject matter is pretty heavy. You hear it and it's like, oh, it's almost like a little jingle. Like it gets stuck in your ear, you know? But, yeah. I wouldn't want to mess with those Texas cops, man. They are a different uh, different breed altogether, for sure. Um, yeah, man. And, and I, I think most of them are good people, man. You get yeah. what I'm saying? It's just like yeah. anything else, bro. I really think ideology is a lie, bro. And it, I don't really believe in truth, I guess you could say. I'm an absolute yeah. relativist. And I think that, you know, man, just like, you know, I, I think that just like some of them probably look at me, right, and when I'm out in the streets or wearing a Satan ring, they kind of, from their worldview, I'm wrong, right? And they yeah. can have two, two basic reactions to that. They can be like, basically, fuck this guy. You know what I mean? Or they can have compassion for me and be like, he's from a different place than I am. And at the, even if I believe he's wrong, he's very misled. And I should give him a fucking hug, right? <laughs> That's the reaction that... So yeah. I think like most cops, are, most cops are fucking good people, man. They just, they're, they're victims of a shitty ideology, which is the least law enforcement culture in this country. And that doesn't mean they shouldn't be accountable for their actions. But as individuals, man, I'll show every human being respect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'll even try to when they're putting on that uniform and shit, especially because they have so much power to take away our fucking lives. But yeah. I will be intolerant to to injustice. You know, as yeah. if it's in, if it's right, especially if it's right in front of my fucking eyes, bro. Like we all participate yeah. in so much injustice in so many implicit ways, but especially when it's explicitly right in front of me. You know. Yeah. And uh, to me, I, I'm surprised that America disappointed that we can't rally around something so basic. Growing up in a conservative family that always talks about limited and limited government and our rights and stuff, you would think that the most immediate enforcement of those rights, which is police to the citizenry, would be something that everybody is universally skeptical of. But yeah. the state of politics in the country, we can't fucking agree on anything. We gotta pull, you know, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, probably like one of the craziest books I ever read. It's called uh, Your Heart is a Muscle the Size of a Fist. And it's about the riots in Seattle in 94 over NAFTA. And like for most of us, we were probably too young to really remember because, you know, I was like four or whatever. But um, going back and reading the accounts of that, somebody put a story together. And it's just like seriously the gnarliest thing I've ever read. Like, people were chaining themselves together, like, at intersections to, like, stop this caravan of politicians. And the cops, instead of, like, I guess, moving them, they'd obviously tear gas them. But they would, like, take Q-tips with pepper on it and put it underneath their eyeball, like, lid to get them Oh, my move. God. Yeah. And this was going on in, like, 94. And, I mean, obviously, it's been... 
you know. I have this argument with conservative friends of mine who say, like, the riots didn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? They didn't work. They didn't do anything. I'm like, then why are we fucking talking about it? You know what I mean? Obviously, they did something. You know what I mean? But this shit's been going on forever, man, which is why now I understand, bro. Because yeah. because you don't want to do violence on anybody, basically, man. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's basically the point. And if we go out there and peacefully protest, besides it's like the media is going to spin it, the cops are going to show you know, their true colors. But this shit's been going on since... Forever, you get what I mean. Like the civil yeah. rights movement never ended. You know, what I mean, the Voting Rights Act is not in in effect right now. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I I think that we're in a, we're in a time when our rights are challenged more than they've ever been. You know? Yeah, yeah for sure. So but that book sounds amazing, bro. I would really. I'm gonna read that. I'm gonna read yeah. that. I have to have you send me the title. Yeah, I can just send you. The I link. was born in 1994. Another okay. thing that's interesting, man, is people think all this shit is in the South, and it seems like it's in every major city. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's been going on for decades, so I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's obviously a pretty heavy topic to write about for at least that song. Do you feel like, do you feel like, like that built into the arc of the album? Like, was there a, a kind of a storyline going through the whole album? Or did you feel like, um, you know, each song was a little bit separate, maybe? So, so this one was probably the most concept I've ever written because yeah. we had, like, 15 songs. And we decided to record this EP and then go again this year sometime and record 12 songs for next year. And... Yeah. We're just writing, I'm, I'm writing songs like a motherfucker, man. So it's yeah. still up in the air because we think we have the 12, but we've got like 10 more that we like, and we're just like always interchanged. So, so, um, Seraphic War, though, I bound those songs together yeah. because of the theme. And in order to talk about that, I have to talk about uh, Satanism. So, in college, yeah. um, I had been at a point of saying that I, I was an atheist. Well, mm. I probably wasn't, but I don't really believe in some kind of halfway, like saying I'm spiritual. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I kind of believe, like, he, the, all these things come from religious philosophies. They, you know, they don't just come from bullshit. So yeah. if making up your own shit makes you feel good, like whatever's good for you, but for me, these are philosophies that come from long traditions. And I'm not, you know, to me, I'm going to yeah. take them for what they are, maybe believe some things. You know, I can find value in these different things, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to take it halfway. Like, say I'm a Christian, but yeah. I think it's okay to do things that I don't believe Christians the Bible says it's okay to do, right? That wouldn't make sense to me. So I was saying I was, I was an atheist, um, but, I, and I, but I was doing psychedelic drugs, having a lot of feelings, and I read Paradise Lost in college. So Paradise oh, yeah. Lost, uh, you, you're familiar with it? Oh, yeah. So John Milton, 1600s, um, the English Civil War is about to happen, and the theme of the day is democracy versus monarchy. John Milton's one of the most vocal persons saying that the monarchy is not uh, legitimate, and there should be democracy. And he wrote Paradise Lost, essentially. He wanted to write an English epic, so kind of like Homer's Odyssey, but in English. Yeah. And he ended up writing that epic with Satan as the hero of the story. <laughs> so basically, yeah. Act 1, uh, Satan, you know, God, basically another angel discovers their own free will apart from God. And you can yeah. debate a lot about what that means, but 
you know, I think we can all put it together in our imagination in some sense. And he discovers his own free will apart from God, and God kills him. And Lucifer, mm-hmm. who's God's favorite angel, the Lord of light and knowledge, uh, God basically is like, no, he basically says, I've, I've got my own free will too. That guy showed me mine. Are you going to kill me? And God's basically like, you have to come into the fold. And Satan basically says, no, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm a being on, on my own apart from you. And I'm going to be apart from you, you know, even if I'm going to have to go out into the darkness and build my own realms and shit like that. And, you know, the, it goes into metaphysical stuff, like he thought he might yeah. dissipate, essentially. And, you know, all the archangels like Mosley and Michael come and they have these talks about philosophically why he should split or not split. But he decides to split and basically starts the Seraphic War, which is the name of the record. Seraphic yeah. War is the war between God and Satan before the universe is created. And a lot of the angels, Beelzebub, who's named after one of the songs, is Lord of Flies, yeah. uh, charged by Satan to tempt the restless mind into invention and creation. Um, he's the first of the angels to basically go with Satan. So he's like Satan's right-hand man. He's, he's the Samwise Gamgee of the Satan story. <laughs> and, and, uh, and yeah, so basically, man, they go down into hell, and there's this act two. They build Pandemonium, which is a giant tower in hell. And at the top, they have a circular table that is a democratic council. And the English, with their racist stuff, they, when they were taking over people at the time, it wasn't like now. They didn't believe that indigenous gods were not real. You get what I'm saying? They believed the Indian gods and Native American gods were totally real, but they were actually like Nephilim or false gods or demons or fallen gods or something like that. So in Paradise Lost, Satan, Beelzebub, some of these arch demons, and a lot of the gods of the conquered cultures of the ancient world are all at this table. And they basically plot against God. To like fuck to to try to you know uh, restore free will to the cosmos period, and uh, so then God creates humans. And Act Three is the Garden of Eden, where Satan comes and tempts humanity into uh, eating at eating from the tree of life. Essentially, you know, so Seraphic War technically yeah. ends in their context, but I am a fantasy nerd, so essentially I'm kind of rolling with it. And yeah. based on the theme of Seraphic War, I, I like to say Seraphic War is still going on right now, right? You know, some people see things as a battle between good and evil. Mm. I see it as a battle between free will and control. You get what I'm saying? To me, religious people, especially the best of them, they wake up in the morning like I do, and they want to fuck, and they want to drink, and they want to make money. But they look at the Bible or whatever, and they pray, and they try to follow God's will. I'm all for that, bro. That probably leads to some good things. But most of those fuckers are just like me. They wake up, and they want to smoke, and they want to drink, and they want to fuck, and they do. And that's all right, buddy. As long as everyone is fucking being honest with each other, showing each other love and respect, there's no fucking rules, man. We're all fucking yeah. gods. We're the only thinking beings in the universe. And so we got to fucking, uh, just like I'm saying about the responsibility we all have, we also got to fucking love ourselves and have a good time, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And enjoy this life because this is it, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? From my perspective, yeah. you know? So, Seraphic War, that's the overall theme, man. And that's why it relates from the super spiritual side of things that talks about in Seraphic War and in Beelzebub, this very literally Satanist, Paradise Lost imagery to Allegiant Swine, which to me is absolutely related. That exact same, you know, free will versus control theme. And that's uh, that's Seraphic War, man. And I I have to say, man, I'm really fucking proud of of putting together something that uh, I believe is coherent because you know yeah. i uh, i like philosophy and shit and i'm not smart enough to write a book <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean 
but uh, but I, an album, I think I can do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, you never know what happens when you put a little uh, pen to paper. You might be able to get a little book or screenplay going one day. You could do like a, a TV show spinoff of the album. Just throwing it out there. But, uh, Dude, if uh, I found an artist who could draw shit for me, I mean, that was the hardest thing. There's no music videos for Seraphic War because yeah. all my ideas are way too lofty. I need like yeah. Dragon Ball Z artists. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, or just go digital. Find somebody to work up some animation for you or something. That could be pretty rad as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I've experimented with writing some screenplay and some uh, and some fantasy stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think it's very good. Maybe some of the ideas in there are good. But I mean, like, writing yeah. a book about spiritual philosophy, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I have one. But, yeah. you know, making it coherent and stuff, I don't know. Maybe I should give it a, give, give it a shot, you know what I mean? My, uh, we have a band business card that has a little manifesto on it. Uh, What's up? How you doing? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on, I'm talking to a podcast guy. Nice to meet you. So I have a, this is our business card, you know? Yeah. And it has a little manifesto on it. It says, hey, fucker, thanks for taking one of our cards. Souls Extolled was formed out was formed to find out if a few punks with guitars and a drum kit can still make a difference in this world. The Seraphic War was the initial war between heaven and hell, Satan's revolt against the eternal tyrant to secure free will for all. This war continues today as we battle against all people and institutions that seek to control and suppress the human spirit. There you go. That's the battle right there. Rock and roll! <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah, dude. Well, um, I usually keep these things, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour. So um, if you got any, like, shout-outs to people uh, that you didn't mention yet, it's usually, like, a good way to, you know, wind things down. So Yes, yes. Okay, I don't want to forget anybody. All right, so yeah. um, I got a shout-out to fucking Greg Menankis, and he has a project called Black Sheep Optimist. If you like hip-hop, he's the fucking All right. man. All right, I got a shout-out to the Otic Empire boys. They're fucking awesome. Uh, I really think if you like reggae rock and stuff, they're doing it the best, in my opinion. They have so many great songs. Um, I got a shout-out to some new friends of mine, 512 Studios, Omar Vallejo, the owner of 512 Studios over there, as well as uh, Patrick Davis, who runs 512 Radio. These guys are giving us some of the coolest opportunities that, that we've had, and we're so grateful. For their, for their love and support and including us. Um, we're going to be on the 512 Studios live show on the CW Austin this summer. Um, it's probably going to be the most punk rock Satanist shit that's ever been on there. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, got a shout out to my punk rock homies, Archaic 3, badass ska punk band from Houston, Texas. Or it's a Houston-Austin mix, I guess you could say. And yeah. Hans Gruber and the Diehards, man. If you like thrash, hardcore, and punk, you will love Hans Gruber, bro. Hans Gruber and the Diehards. Um, also, got a shout out to Bobby Sharon. One of the he's got us on his podcast twice, the Bobby Sharon Cobracast podcast. He's yeah. kind of doing a similar thing, always propping up local artists in Austin, giving us a platform. And uh, lastly, uh, shout out to to you, motherfucker, for letting us on <laughs> here and letting me letting me spread my bullshit to the world. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, hopefully, I guess you know couple more people interested you never know I'll, uh, I'll throw it out into the internet and see what happens so fuck yeah man I, I, uh, I can email you 
uh, links, and if you want some pictures and stuff for your posts or whatever, I can email you some uh, press photos and everything. And uh, I really genuinely appreciate it, bro. Next time I'm in the DMV, which my parents live in Springfield right now, okay, probably won't cool. be too too far off. Uh, I'd love to meet up yeah. with you and have a beer, man. Talking oh, yeah, person. dude. Yeah, man. And uh, I guess the other thing, too, is uh, if you want, I can uh, probably mail you one of these if you want one. It's just a shirt. I would love that, my friend. I will wear that fucker on stage all over the place. For all the part-time rock stars, baby, you can have a job and still be a degenerate. It's okay. Pay the bills. You need money for cocaine. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Tough habit. (laughs) But... uh, I love oh, yeah, it, dude. man. I love it. Um, I'll get this thing uh, edited up. Just send me whatever you can. Ideally, if you can send me uh, a couple songs, MP3s or something, too, I'll plug those in there. But uh, Yes, sir. I'll send you Garden of Eden, uh, Legion Swine, and, and one other one. Sick. All right. Cool, man. Well, uh, I'll be in touch, and uh, I'll send this over to you, and uh, probably release it like in a couple days. Fuck yeah, dude. We'll, we'll blow it up on all our social media, man. Thank you so much for having me. Aloha. Hope you have a great day. Oh, yeah, man. Enjoy. Enjoy the islands, dude. It's awesome. See you later, man. Thank you. Nice talking to you. Later. So, yeah, I want to thank Zach for coming on. And thank you for listening. If you made it this far. Uh, the song you're hearing in the background is called Seraphic War, which is one of the songs Zach went into talking about. If you're interested in listening to it again, you can always uh, look it up on Spotify or find it in the link to the podcast description. But uh, yeah, other than that, have a good week.
around the world.